0: You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you're on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we've been reading through the book of Mark, and just like Mark, there's an urgency, there's an immediacy of sharing the gospel, and I hope that you have sensed that in your reading this week, that we see that Christ does not call us to sit, soak, and sour, but to stand firm and to declare His gospel to the world. We see everything around us uh, that pushes against us and, and tries to get us to be silent, but Mark urges us to declare what God has done. And so today, uh, we we get even more encouragement. Uh, this is our, our apologetics episode from the book of Mark, and apologetics simply means to defend the faith. It's our, it's our apology, our defense, and every week I try to bring some type of new little nugget or a reminder for you of uh, of uh, of what helps us in defending our faith. As I was reading this week and and thinking through some of the passages, uh, one passage just jumped out to me. And so, if you'd allow me, I, I want to share with you kind of some thoughts from Mark chapter eight, uh, verse twenty two through twenty six. I was reading this and and it just uh, really helped me uh, in in a uh, in in establishing and reminding me uh, that sometimes uh, though we don't see things. Clearly, the work of apologetics, the work of evangelism, is really a progressive work for many of us. Look at Mark chapter 8, verse 22. It says, And they came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to Jesus, and implored him to touch him. And taking the blind man by the hand, he brought him out of the village, and after spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see men for I see them like trees walking around. And then again, he laid his hands on his eyes and he looked intently and was restored and began to see everything clearly. And he sent them to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Now, I I don't know if this passage grabs your attention like it grabbed mine as I was reading through it this week. But this is just one of those, what in the world is going on type of passages. Because we get Jesus who is building a ministry through a lot of the works that he's doing. He's healing people. He's teaching. He's gathering the crowds. And all of a sudden, he meets this blind man and he touches the blind man. And, uh, and and after um, spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, then Jesus says, hey, do you see anything? And the guy says, yeah, but it's kind of fuzzy. I see men like trees. And, and immediately when I'm reading a passage like this, I'm like, wait a second. Did Jesus mess up? Did Jesus not have enough power? No. Again, hear, hear me. This uh, the answer is no. Jesus never messes up. He never sins. He never makes a mistake. But is there a point to this? Why? Why isn't the man immediately feel, healed? And so Jesus lays his hands on his eyes again, and then the guy is fully restored to be able to see. And and I want you to to uh, as as I walk you through this, I, I want you to to kind of see a parallel, if, if you will, between this man, the miracle that is done, and the message that it shows us about the disciples, and I would dare say, ourselves. So again, Jesus touches him. He's healed partially. Touches him again, and he's healed fully. And while I do believe, that God can heal in an instant. And I do believe that for some salvation comes in an instant the first time they hear the gospel. And that that, that for some believers that truth is given, greater truth is given as we grow uh, immediately, that there are times where as believers um, we have to progress in truth. And so, so understand that God can open our eyes immediately to truth. And then other times God can take uh, this process and grow us up slowly. And that's kind of what I get from this passage. Again, the miracle always points to the message. And what is the message that Jesus continually shares with the disciples? He tells them over and over in this same chapter, he's going to tell them, listen, um, I am going to be killed. I am going to go to the cross. I am going to, uh, die, but I'm going to rise again. I mean, look at Mark chapter 8, just right after this, uh, verse 31, he began to teach them the Son of Man must suffer many things. And as he was stating the matter plainly, verse 32, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. And I, I want you to see this parallel. I want you to see what's going on here. Jesus has given them a bit of the truth, partial truth, uh, all of the truth, but partial uh, uh, understanding there. And Peter rebukes him and says, no, you're wrong. Peter cannot see clearly. He's seeing just as this blind man saw men walking as trees. Peter is seeing the gospel in just a uh, small way. He's not understanding fully. And Jesus has to remind them again. In, in fact, he rebukes Peter. And it was not until the death, it was not until the burial, it was not until the resurrection that these guys actually got it. And I see a parallel with this man being given truth progressively and the disciples being given truth, uh, man giving sight Progressively, and the disciples being given truth progressively as a process. Uh, but I also see a parallel with us because, as believers, how many times have you been told things over and over and over, but then finally one day it just clicked? And it's almost like Jesus touched our eyes again. And this is what I see in this passage that sometimes uh, we just need to. Press in, lean in, press on, and and have that truth explained over and over and over. But notice what happens. The very first thing he says is, uh, it, it says is he takes him out of the village. Um, there has to be separation. And especially when it comes to apologetics, defending the faith, in order to reach somebody with truth, we've got to deconstruct, and don't take that in the worldly sense, but we've got to break down some things that uh, for them that that are not true. We have to to get them away from falsehood. We've got to get them away from uh, the, the things that are not correct in order then to provide sanctification, setting apart and growing up uh, in truth. So So there's got to be separation in order for sanctification. And that's for the non-believer, first and foremost. That's for the, those who, who would say, I've got to separate. I've got to pull away from um, uh, what is not true. Maybe they believe something about a particular topic and they say, well, so-and-so said this or so-and-so. And we've got to kind of deconstruct. We've got to bulldoze that building. We've got to tear down what, they're, uh, w- what they've got in their mind in order to build up, construct truth for them. And this is... Kind of what goes on in this passage, Jesus pulls him aside and then he progressively or through a process opens his eyes. Now, what this means for me is that there's hope that uh, that if I'm dealing with somebody, maybe a friend or family member that I love and and uh, or maybe just somebody new that I'm talking with and they don't seem to get it right right at that moment, I have hope that Jesus can touch them Again, Jesus can continually speak to their heart. And so if someone's not one to the gospel uh, or growing like they should uh, or getting uh, uh, you know more uh, closer to Christ, more intimate with Christ, I, I don't want to give up at that moment. I want to faithfully continue preaching truth. And so we see the progression of sight in this blind man. But aren't you glad that God gives us a progression of sight in our own lives? With our own understanding, Christ is patient with us. As we close out this episode, I want to focus on a particular ministry moment this week. I've had the privilege, the honor, uh, to stand behind the sacred desk of my grandfather's church, Abundant Life, uh, over in Waynesboro, uh, and it's a, a Pentecostal church. I, I've shared many times with you. I grew up Baptist, uh, but it is it's uh, a church that I love. I love the people there, and I've had the privilege. Uh, I went. Uh, to To preach uh, for them on, on Sunday night and then uh, had just a wonderful service. Got to preach again Monday night. And I wanted to take this moment just to encourage you to pray for Abundant Life Church. Pray for my grandfather uh, He uh, uh, as he continues to serve there and the ministries of, of Abundant Life, specifically new life for men and new life for women. So uh, again, just wanted to take this time as we... Read the, the book of Mark, see the urgency of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and may we be faithful. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.